Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, the weekly survey of news in the Philadelphia Archdiocese. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with Matt Gambino, the editor of CatholicPhilly.com, and we're taking a look at this week's top stories. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, good to have you here in the studio. Good afternoon again. And it's also great to have with us our friend, Father Thomas Daly. Father Daly is the John Cardinal Foley Chair of Homiletics and Social Communications at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, Pennsylvania. Father, welcome as always. Happy to be back, Gina. So, Father, the recent furor over an encounter between several Catholic high school students and other demonstrators at this year's March for Life certainly showed how social media can divide communities. A few online videos of the encounter spawned thousands of comments that within minutes revealed the battle lines in our very tribal society. But Pope Francis recently spoke on the need to rethink our approach to the internet. Can you tell us more about what the Pope said? Certainly. His message for this year's World Communications Day is essentially about the distinction between social networks made up of the connections of people online and human communities. His goal, of course, is to try to move from the former toward the latter. But the notion of our community as persons in relationship to one another is the central image that he's trying to put forth to govern the way we the way we act and the way we communicate online. The furor that you mentioned over some stories, and it's not just that story, the speed with which people respond, the positions that people take, the oppositional sides that people choose, very, very easy to do by way of social media and social networks. And the Holy Father is trying to emphasize that to be a real community and not just a network, we need things like dialogue and trust and careful attention to the language we use. One of the things he pointed out in his message was that the web doesn't have kind of a vertical, top-down type Mm -hmm. of administration. And I think that's where we all feel so bewildered sometimes when we go online. We're looking for a referee. You know, who's in charge? This thing is spiraling out of control. Can you tell us more about how he kind of fleshes that out? Right. uh, The bulk of the message is an analysis of some key images. So he talks about a net, you know, the internet. A net has no top or bottom or front or back. It supports itself in the way that it's made. Think of a, a fishing net. And so there is no referee, as you say, or boss or hierarchical kind of structure to it. All the members share responsibility is the way he puts it. He speaks about the image of a web, you know, think spider's web, which, you know, on the one hand, if you just look at it, is beautiful. I mean, they're amazing works of art. Not when you walk into one, as well, I have. Unless you're a fly. <laughs> unless you're a fly, right. And But of course, when you walk into it or the poor fly, It's a deadly trap. And similarly, in social communications, the ease and the beauty with which I can get online and connect with the world can also be a trap in the sense of providing the illusion that just because I'm connected, we are a community. He says that's the illusion. In terms of the community, and he he really calls out the youth. For many, this is the only type of major communication that they've ever known. There never was a time in their lives, unlike as I date myself to the entire world, you know, someone like me who knew a time when face-to-face was the norm. You didn't have, I mean, telephone was there, you know, postal letter, but there wasn't even email. Mm-hmm. Now you all really know how old I am. But how do we how do we address youth who have been bred in this form of communication? 
Well, I think it's important to realize that, as you say, they have been bred with this. It, it's part and parcel of their culture. One of the distinguishing factors, I think one of the appealing factors, is that this kind of communication is fast, it's easy, and it overcomes great distances. Sure, you know, youth sometimes communicate with each other uh, in the same room on their phones, but that's a different story. That's always an eerie sight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think this way of communicating is, is in some respects satisfying to them precisely because it is at a distance and they don't have to expend the psychological, emotional, sort of personal energy to actually engage someone face to face. On the other hand, that, of course, is what the Pope is talking about, because the idea that we can be in relationship with someone across the virtual or digital lines of communication. It's true to some extent, but it doesn't fulfill that longing for relationships that we have. And so this is why I think the Pope emphasizes the notion of community rather than just network. At the same time, this social media communication is a direct communication without filter. So when someone's posting something on Instagram or Twitter, their followers are seeing it. And it's interesting that the Holy Father has Instagram and Twitter accounts that are very popular, Mm -hmm. especially for young people who are used to that direct, unfiltered communication where someone of my generation is used to reading the news and even a press release statement gets filtered through a news editor. So this is very direct, and that's an interesting phenomenon, I think. And and very much appealing, especially to young people, because their voices are directly heard when they comment or their images seen when they post pictures, and they want to receive information that way. Again, on the one hand, that's very good. The papal message by way of Twitter reaches, I forget what the number is, 60 million people a day. Right. Uh, That's pretty powerful. On the other hand, I guess I could say the filtering job now is not that of an editor or an authority in any way, but of the user. And that's one of the tricks I think that we have to learn how to edit ourselves. One has to be on one's toes reading. Absolutely. And one has to be careful about responding too quickly. An image I was reading in in an article said, you know, you wouldn't dare pick a fight outside of a restaurant with people you don't know about a subject you had nothing to do with. But we do that online. Yes, online facilitates that or makes it easier to do. But I think, again, and I've said this before, I think we have to learn to treat online communications in the same way we do face-to-face communications. If we act online, the way we act in person, that pretty much resolves things. Now, we're going to have an opportunity to, as local Catholics in the Philadelphia area, going to have a chance to delve into this topic a little bit more deeply this Mm -hmm. spring, something you're sponsoring at St. Charles Seminary. Is that right? Yes. Each year, we hold a symposium about World Communications Day, in particular about the Pope's message for that given year. And this year, it takes place on May 23rd. And we will discuss this, this very document, this sense of human communities compared to social networks, to bring in a nationally known speaker and someone who's involved in this world to explore these different things that the Pope's talking about, the the difference between networks and communities. The notion of the church, is the church a network? In some sense, yes. In some sense, no. How does this notion of church as community affect the church's role in communications? I mean, there are all kinds of questions we can we can discuss and, we'll, and we will. And Catholic Philly will have more details on that as they become clearer. And the Pope also calls out one of the best images of church in the Bible, which is that of St. Paul, the image of the body of Christ. And he relates it to this discussion. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the Pope breaks that open? 
He does, and he he begins with referencing the Trinity, that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are by nature, that's a communicative relationship. Often called the first social network. Absolutely. And built on that and drawing from that, he also uses the biblical image of the body. The church is Christ's body. We are all its members. And so there's a connection there and there's a responsibility there that as one person is affected, we all are. And so my communicating has to reflect that or keep that in mind that I'm affecting the bigger body. The Pope also uses the idea that persons are faces. Persona is the the old word for the mask. The face that is presented, which I think is an image that we can explore further in terms of social communications because turning one's face toward others is what communication is. In a face-to-face relationship, that's pretty obvious and clear and easy. But online, we do the same. How we do that and keeping in mind that that's what real communications is, that's the part I think that can be explored further in terms of social communications. Would you say that turning to is a liking or commenting on what you're seeing? It can be. That's how we present ourselves to others. It can be in the comments we make. It can be in the profiles that we have on social media. It can be in the images that we use. What's the picture, literally, of ourselves that we present on social media? Is it really a picture of us? Is it a truthful picture? You know, there's all kinds of images we present. And this also speaks to the prevalence and the power of video on social media. I mean, that's what, especially a younger generation, that's how they think. That's how they learn, too. That's how they learn. That's how they communicate. It's all image-based. And so being attentive to that and what the images say is something I think we all need to be more cognizant of. Why should the average person in the pew care? Why wouldn't they say, well, that's great, Pope Francis. That's a nice idea, but I have my life to live. I don't have time to take classes on this or to think too long about this. What can the average person take away from this and do in his or her own life to implement what Pope Francis is calling us to do? I'd say there are two primary reasons why we should care. One is because it's the world we live in. And much, if not most, of what we receive, whether it be news, information, commentary, whatever, comes by way of social communications in some form. And so because we're part of the world, and if we want to be active in that, that that's how we receive information. But the second reason is also it's how we communicate more and more with anyone but also especially with young people. Our presence in the digital world is not optional. It's not a beneficial thing to do. It's not a a nice, new, interesting toy to play with. It's the world. It's life. And so if we want to be engaged in that, and if we want to transform it with the Christian message, then we have to be engaged, and we have to be engaged well. Father Tom, thank you so much, as always, for your insights. Hope to see you soon. Thank you. God bless. And for more on these and other stories in local, national, and world news, as well as features on sports and culture, visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you. This episode of Inside Catholic Philly is sponsored by the Bazillion Spirituality Center. The Bazillion Spirituality Center, located in Jenkintown, was founded in 2000 to bring Christ's praying, healing, and 
life-giving presence to all God's people. Rooted in the spirituality of St. Basil, the center is a hub for Catholic activity in the Philadelphia area. Our spring 2019 program schedule includes an open house on January 30th, a retreat for caregivers on March 23rd, and faith formation meetings on Tuesday evenings during Lent. Find us on Facebook or at stbasils.com. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.